Ding, 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 ding. Oh, wow. Just in this uh, gas station here. Gonna get some gas. Um, uh, excuse like no me. I, uh, I, I hear somebody in here. Uh, I, you, you mind helping me up? I, I took a little tumble and some guy came in and shot me. Uh, I, I really need oh. the police. Oh, um, no, I just want gas. Is I, that okay? That's fine. I'm bleeding out here, though. I need some help up. Uh, if you could, you know, come mm. help me up, maybe dial 911. Um, no, that's a real inconvenience for me. I'm sorry. Here, um, I'm going to throw the money, like, at your face, because you're on the ground there. I'm just going to, yeah, there you go, and uh, uh, you give me gas now. I mean, I would if you would help me up, but it's self-serve. So you can just, All I right, guess, I'm go ahead come and... over there and just finish the job, <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to finish you off here. There we go, and now I'm, I'm going to do I'm my dead. own gas, because I'm my own man. <laughs> Murder on the intro! Hey everybody, welcome to the Indie Film Review. With me, Jared, and my co-host with the mo-host, Dan. Dan in the morning. Ding, ding, ding. Dan and Jared in the morning. <laughs> Shot Okay, everybody. We're here to talk about independent films. That's what we do. That is what we uh, do. Today's film that we are going to cover is called Cerulean Blue. Cerulean and Blue. I need to look something up very quickly. Well, while you do that, Jared, I can tell you and the audience about sure. some films that I have watched um, I had taken it upon myself at you as as we might know, friends of the show might know that I I, I took a visit mm. to your house um, recently and we yeah. talked about some films and then you got me excited for some films so I came back and I watched them. I watched the Fear Street mm -hmm. trilogy, um, part one, part two, and part three, oh, 94, yeah, 78, and sixteen sixty six. It's worth the watch. It's a fun horror movie, uh -oh. I think. But it's a little too cheesy because they try to make it. The, the first part is 1994, so they try to make it like very vibes of the 90s. So it they they mm -hmm. hyper produce it with too much pop music from the 90s. It's like, do we really need this much? Same thing with 1778 or 1978, where it's um, they use a bunch of 70s songs. But then whenever you get back to 1666, it's a period piece, and there's no pop songs oh, to be thinking of but like it's really interesting how it, it basically it's a slasher movie disguised as a supernatural movie and there's this curse on a town that goes back all the way to the uh salem witch trial time and then the story is really fun to like sit through so that's why i'm saying it's worth the watch yeah yeah but don't tell me too much more no, i'm not i'm not i'm not it. i'm not telling you too much about it it's it's really good in terms of the story but Oh, and no, I'll, I'll say, you know what? I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. It's definitely worth your watch. What was your favorite one out of all of them? Um, mm, that's a rough one. I, mm, I like the 90s one a lot, but okay. the 70s one was an homage to like the, the, you know, Friday the 13th where you're at a fucking camp and all the camp counselors okay. die. Um, you gotta love that classic shit. But there's one death in the 1994 one that is brand new to me. It happens in a supermarket, mm -hmm. and that's all I'm gonna say. It's like, holy oh, shit, I can't believe they went there. Cool, but cool, every, cool. even the period piece one, whenever you go all the way back to The Curse's Origins, really fun mm -hmm. movie. So, yeah, a lot of surprising stuff. I would recommend it. 
I mean, not a glowing recommendation, but I was no. going to watch it anyways. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Uh, probably not going to be scary though, which I'm fine with. I love just silly horrors. But it's it's uh, it's it's it is gory. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, so Adrian Ortega sent us this, and yes. he writer uh, director is a fan. Yes, he is a fan of our show. Dan, isn't that? Fun. Yes, it is very uh, fun. Yeah, he is the writer and director of <laughs> of uh, Cerulean Blue. But and he was first and foremost, it, he's um, a fan of us. Like, yes, you know who cares about being thing. a writer or director? That's that'll get you money, yeah, sure. Who but gives a shit. But you know who what's going to give you? You know what's going to give you? You know, like just status in life is is being yeah, a fan of yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah, give me compliments, because I was looking at this movie, I'm like, this fucking piece of shit, I was ready to throw it in the trash, and then I saw, me and my housemate are a big fan of yours, like, oh, and I pulled it out of the trash, Dan, I put it right into my VHS player, and I'm like, alrighty, let's watch it. Oh, no, so anyways, uh, it was filmed in Australia, and uh, it's a micro-budget of 35 grando, which is kind of, I mean... That's low. It's definitely low compared to yeah. like Hollywood standards. But yeah. we've seen some fucking movies that are like a hundred dollars. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> so it's a good budget. I think it's, it's a solid budget. Any anything that's less than a hundred thousand, I consider micro budget. Thanks again, Adrian, for sending this to us. I appreciate your listening patronage with your ears. That's good. Dan, please tell us about Cerulean Blue. Cerulean Blue is about a guy who has OCD. He, he's one of those people that is a germaphobe, basically. And uh-huh. he does a not... A handsome germaphobe. Yes. Continue. Dude, he's like the Shia LaBeouf of Australia. Like, he looks very much he like Shia LaBeouf. He is whatever he wants to be. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> not, not, not Shia LaBeouf in terms of the bad stuff, but just aesthetically, he, he, he's of that ilk. Anyway. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Why did you bring him up? <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying he remind, his looks reminded me of Shia LaBeouf. That's all I'm saying. No, you're right. Yes. Anyway. He's exactly like Shia LaBeouf in every way. Go ahead. <laughs> That's not what I said, but okay. That's what you implied. <laughs> so this guy, he he um, doesn't like people. He's very antisocial, and he gets involved with a with a hitchhiker along the way because he's on his way to Melbourne to confess his love to this this girl that paid attention to him in high school. But he, like I said, he gets involved with a girl along the way, and he he starts to to fancy her. After a while, like not fancy her as in like, I love you, but like she, he warms up to her in terms of being a social presence. A friendshipening. Yes. A friendshipening. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. Um, Question, Dan. What did you think about the two uh, performances of uh, Jack Mitchell as Alex and Sini Pretty, P-R-I-T-I. I hope I'm saying that correctly as Lily. Pretty awesome. Um, pretty good. Pretty, no, they, they were they were very they were very good. Everybody in this film did a pretty good job. Um, it was like acting was was there for sure. I would go further and say that I like the acting a lot in this movie. Did you? My opinion, yes. Um, I would. I, I would. I'll, you know what? I'll go ahead and agree with you, but I have kind of a critique to add on to that. Sure, let's hear it. Um, without is it without spoilers? Yes, this film, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll I'll tag a question onto it as well. But this film, sure, gave me so many promises at the very beginning, 
And then those promises kind of waned very quickly as it went on. And what I'm talking about is these framing, the the cinematography, the framing of the shots is gorgeous at the beginning. There's three shots back to back that are beautiful. Like it set a high standard for me. Then the la- the the rest of the film doesn't really experiment with cinematography or doesn't really give me these really cool framing shots. But what it does do. And what I think is this film's strongest too, not necessarily the acting, but the editing and transitions are wonderful in this movie. Masterful. So good. I just wish that the cinematography kept up with the editing throughout the entire film, but it doesn't. Well, like I okay, so there's this one really awesome shot at the very beginning where you have him looking, um, he's 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 looking at a creek, if you will, and he's center he's kind of off center frame, and then it Mm. fades into this amazing shot of him and he's like he's occupying the same place of frame but he's getting gas in his car and you are seeing this through the gas station window and you're like at first Wonderful. you're like what the fuck am i looking at and then you finally realize i'm like oh my god that was a cool transition and this shot is amazing so good. but that shot is but like it, i just wanted more of those shots and that's 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 mm-hmm. my big critique is like i didn't get as much as i got at the beginning but the editing Oh my god, dude! Seamless transitions, and mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult to pull off action shots and seamless transitions, and he does it really well here. Yeah, I mean uh, the scene that we we did a little skit about in the beginning. Um, it's not. I mean, it's like the first minute of the movie, so it's not really a spoiler. But he goes into a gas station, and a man has fallen down, and he doesn't want to help him. He wants to like just pay for his gas because he's such a germaphobe like he doesn't want to touch anyone yeah he's so freaked out by that that's kind of like his his uh character arc of him learning to trust uh and have even just like physical contact with people and after he gets back in his car he like puts the hand sanitizer on he's like blah, 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 blah. and then he's kind of like flipping and flailing and it i love on yes him. and then the credits roll yes and the music plays and i'm like so okay. here's my this note about is that. So good. Here's and my then note they about cut that. Right back. I love it. So you I have you have all these really cool shots that introduce the film, and then you have a fucking just a really awesome cool freeze frame that Jared is describing. And like like he said, it's he's flipping his hair, so it's like mid hair flip, and then it says the title. Mm-hmm. But freeze frames with credits going over them that normally happens at the end. And having it at the beginning subverts your expectations. You're like, okay, like, what am I watching? This is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Dan, so I have another question for you. So you were saying that the cinematography was good, but it was kind of waning in certain spots. But I want to know, was the writing good enough to keep your attention throughout the film? The dialogue, I'm going to say no, because there wasn't a lot of dialogue. At the end of the day, this film is a character study. Like, we are studying this character as he progresses through his narrative and his character arc and how he um, kind of changes with the, the, the introduction of this new female part. But the implicit nature of everything that is being written, like he's constantly writing in his notebook and, like, the girl reads his notebook at one point and then... She tries to open up him up by like doing fun things. So like the dialogue is not necessarily what got me through it. It's the things that the characters do. So yes, the writing does get me through it, but I'm very used to character studies and I love watching them. Um, mm. The amount of drama in this, it's very, 
very uh, I don't want to say very little but it, it's it's not going to um it's not going to be like puffy chair you know where like it's cr- okay. crisis after crisis after crisis these are little tiny crises that this character must overcome and we are just kind of along for the ride and there's nothing wrong with well, that well it's i think it's it's done well because both characters have like a surface level way they are like lily is yes. like very happy kind of like manic pixie-esque and Alex is very stoic and kind of like annoyed by everything. And then underneath that, there's all these other things going on as to like why they're that yes. way. Like one person is trying to escape to the past and the other person is trying to escape from her exactly. future. And they both meet up. Exactly. That's what I mean. That, that's what I mean. Like it's not the dialogue writing. It's the, the implications of what is being written outside of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's very nuanced and very well done, I think. Yeah. Are you upset because there weren't enough ads for like Coca-Cola no. and like Subway and shit? No, that's that's not what I'm saying. Did it bother you that like Alex was like, all right, we're going to go on this adventure. But first, let me grab this big old jug of Sunny D. And he just starts <laughs> guzzling it down gloop, 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 for like a minute straight. Were there any products? Is in it this? the director's cut? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just being st- I'm just being a stupid, stupid asshole. Okay, so, <laughs> Dan, did you have one more question you want to ask me? Yes, Jared. It has to do with, um, uh, it's a social situation. Uh, in, in the film... <laughs> the answer is yes. What is the girl's name in the film? Lily. Lily. In the film, Lily... I pick at, her up, yes. At, at, no, at one point, Lily's <laughs> I like... I stop the car and let her get in. <laughs> at one point, and we'll get into we'll get into spoilers at this point. Um, so this question is uh-huh. going to propel us into spoilers. Okay, guys. So we're going to spoil this movie. If you'd like to watch it, it is on Amazon Prime. I recommend it. I, I recommend think it was it. a fun, interesting. Uh, it it was like a love story at first. I thought that's kind of where it was going, but then some weird things happened. Weird in this things movie happen, I, and that I liked. That I and liked. one of the things so. that me and Jared are sticklers for is endings, and I think this film ended very well. Yeah. So, this ending was so good. Yes. It was so good. All right, so we're going to spoil it. Here we go. Dan, please question. So the question is, at one point, um, they, they go for uh, petrol again, and um, he's Ooh. about to leave Lily at the car, and Lily's like, mm-hmm. uh, can I go with you? Because the three guys over there are giving me rapey vibes. And she <sighs> says this. Before we see the guys, and then it cuts to the guys, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I see the guys, I'm like, they are giving me rapey vibes. Is that a bad thing? Like, is it a bad that I, I agree? They were giving me like, they were giving. Did me they like give you rapey vibes. vibes? Really, boy band no. vibes? Yeah, they were like looking at me with like their pouty eyes, and they're like, we're gonna dance really soon, dude. I don't know about, and you're gonna like it. Uh, you, I, don't know. I was getting boy band energy. I was getting rape energy, but then again, they might be one of the hey, same thing. Um, the, the The longer that we're alive, fact, Dan, the longer I realize that all people who are famous and have money like to rape things. Everyone you look up to has probably molested someone. <laughs> Bing. Um, hey, did you know Bill Cosby got out of jail? On a yeah, it's terrible. Anyways, it's awful. That'll really date this episode, but who gives a shit? Fun fact. The boy band rapers, one of them was the director and submitter of this film. Oh, well, so I'm you just glad. called <laughs> the director and writer of Cerulean Blue a molester. 
I, I kind of did. He kind of called himself a molester. I said rapey vibe. He, he called him. Yeah. I said. Well, you know, well, at that point, he must have done himself up to look more rapey. I don't think he goes around looking. Yeah, rapey. yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe he knew that he had an innate rapey vibe, and he's like, I could use this. In my <laughs> I hope you're laughing at this. I hope this is funny to you. Oh, God. Because I don't mean any of it. You have to know that. My innate vibe is like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, I look like I'm about to fuck somebody up. I feel like you you fluctuate between that and like you are going to teach me something. Because you definitely look like a teacher and a professor. I look like a 10-year-old who's lost at Disneyland. I think that's kind of a little bit. That's that's one. That's one vibe I get from you. The other is, uh, uh, I don't even know, because you you have like like Tom Cruise had a son that he didn't know about. Yes, (laughs) it's basically. (laughs) Papa, teach me about sky and skyology. Teach me how to Dougie. Okay, let's actually talk about the film <laughs> right, for once. Yes. Huh? Why don't we fucking do our jobs? Dan, why don't you tell me about a scene that you liked? Okay, so I really liked the pool hall scene whenever... Um, so this kid... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid, he, he doesn't know how to do anything at all. Like, So Alex, his, his whole mission, it just needs to be said that he's going to go talk to this girl that he knew in high school. He's going to Melbourne to try to win her heart by saying something profound and poetic to her. But eight years ago, she, she, he never was friends with her. He's, he only got her to talk to him once and she's, Mm -hmm. she never said what he wanted to say. So this is a completely unreciprocated conditional love, like completely Mm -hmm. un unreciprocated. Um, yeah, he, he, but before they get there, um, he has car trouble and they're going through the car trouble and the mechanic's like, do you even know how to check your oil? And turns out, no, he doesn't. So it's going to take a while for the car to get fixed. So oh, this scene with the guy in the dipstick, I was like, oh no. Yeah. It was being all sexy. I, Lily is constantly like flirting with men in this movie to get them to do what she yes. wants. Yes. And, um, I mean, I say use, use your, use your skill, you know, trick these dumb men. We're all dumb and we'll, we'll do it. We'll fix your thing. We're dumb as hell. So yeah, I'm all for women. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all for women, uh, taking advantage of men, uh, to get them to do things. Especially me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I like it whenever they walk on me with their stilettos. It's so fun. Um, So they are getting their car fixed and Lily is like, let's have some fun. So she challenges these guys to pool. Like there's guys in this bar that they're, Uh um, they're, they're playing Billy. Fleetus and Fleetus or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. This kid has a lucky break, literally because Mm -hmm. he breaks and it like makes, we don't know what he makes them, but he makes, and they're like, have that beginner's luck, I guess, huh? And they're kind of making fun of him. And then he's like, now what do I do? And then one of the guys gets really pissed off. He's like, have you never played pool yeah. before? Who is this guy? Like, relax, dude. <laughs> he got, he gets so mad so, like, so quickly. But that, that was like a justified... I'm praising this scene because that was pretty intense. Like, it got... it Like, it, it escalated quickly. And then I believed that escalation. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then he ends up getting his face bashed in not really i kind of wish but. they did an actual like yeah like a confrontation scene we, we saw like a yeah yeah like a tv movie shot of him getting hit you know where they positioned the camera just right to make it look like he got punched Always which would have been i mean to be to be 
to give a challenge to the movie, maybe for your next movie, um, that would have been an excellent addition to the amazing transitions you already have. Like a pretty cool fight oh, yeah, transition. Oh yeah, he like gets punched into the next scene. Yeah, that would be awesome. Dude, <laughs> that would have been great. Oh man. Um, so another scene I wanted to talk about is when we first meet Lily. So he's driving, driving like a little idiot. And I love how they have this song that keeps playing. Every time he turns on the radio, it's like the I'm depressed song. Yeah. And he plays it. And and later on, Lily actually is like, oh, can we change it? And she puts on something happy. And that's the turning point, I feel mm. like, in the movie where yeah. they start kind of becoming friends. There's so there's so much like smart things they do with not just the writing, but with what they're shooting or what they're trying to convey through sound and everything else. I think they do such a good job with that. Even with... Um, uh, 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 like the serene calmness of the lake when they both go there, and how like happy yeah. they are, and they don't like don't have to really think about all the bad stuff. Well, they kind of do. They kind of like confide in each other about a lot of things, but it's like a safe place for them. Um, so, anyways, that shot is amazing. By the way, every time that we go to that oh, little so good. the crick crick, oh my god! And it it begins and ends with that shot. And it, like, what's best about it is like there's a huge. There's a huge warehouse in the background that I I didn't even notice that until like the very end. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, this is just yeah, like yeah. backwards somewhere with the artificial waterfall somewhere. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Um, I I love you know you know me and like cyclical storytelling how things mm. kind of tie back together. I love that. And then um, so he sees this woman. She jumps in front of his car. What would you do in this situation? I think I would kind of do what he did. I'd be like, all right, I'm get the hell out of here. Yeah, exactly. Like this lady. Very That's exactly how I would do. But then it's like he sees her at the bar and she's like really trying to be his friend, like really trying to be his friend. And normally this is a big turnoff for me in a film when it's like a character is trying so hard to be nice to someone and they're giving them nothing, like absolutely nothing. We even had that with um, Vex, right? Where they, yeah. he's like, come on, man, let me help you out. Um, how did that make you feel? I, because you have to also take into consideration more details from this bar scene. Um, yes, it makes sense later. And I actually know well, in like the it. moment like it, it makes hurt. sense, I think, because okay. he is so wound up in his own shortcomings. Like he's such a germaphobe. And right before he meets her at the bar, he like, mm. this is all just body language and um, just unspoken dialogue. But he sees lipstick, uh, lipstick stain on the um, yeah. the drink that he just got. And he's a complete germaphobe. And he just paid for a full drink. And now he's not going to drink it. So you have that in his mind. And now this girl's bothering him. So he, all he wants <laughs> yeah, to do yeah, is just yeah. leave. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of and, where but, I got that from. And she has a bigger motivation than just being like, you're the main character, so I need to be best friends with you yes. so we can go on a road trip. She's trying to get away from her past relationship and run as far as she can. She has no vehicle. This guy has a car. They're around the same age. She's trying to become friend buddy, buddy with him so she can hitch a ride. She eventually sneaks into his <laughs> trunk <laughs> and that's how they kind of end up together. She's and like, I, that's one of my favorite scenes to too. Cause okay. So like, Wonderful. It, it, it's Wonderful. a little, it's a little, it's a little coincidental that like he ends up getting a flat tire, but he ends up getting a flat tire <laughs> and mm-hmm. how he finds out that she's in the trunk is he goes to get the spare and then he, you don't see what he's looking at, but the, the trunk opens and he freaks the fuck out. And he's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that she's in the trunk. I love that scene yeah. so much. Me too. Imagine you were escaping a relationship. You wanted to get away so badly. They were like, yeah, I'll get in this guy's trunk. 
But like the reason she gave for wanting to escape <laughs> was shit. not that much. Like he wanted his his her her boyfriend wanted to get more serious, and she's just like, nope, yeah. not for me. And so well, she, she was ran more away. of like, I want to kind of experience my life more. I want to go on an adventure. Like this isn't what I want. I don't know what I want, but I know it's not this. So I'm going to go find it. And yeah, I love how they have very conflicting reasons for wanting to go to where they're going. I mean, um, to be fair, there's no really good way out of that situation because you either no, yeah. a run away and be a complete douche about it, and like, well, yeah. it's just a really cold way of handling it, or you try to be a warm, loving person and just break it off through a mutual yeah. understanding, but that can blow up in your face. It's almost impossible. Yeah. Almost impossible. I think for women too, they can't just be like, okay, we're gonna break yes. up now because guys are just yeah, the guys are ridiculous, awful. and they they get rage crazy and stalkery and fucking weird. So, um, yeah, just fucking ghost them. It's probably the best thing to do. <laughs> You heard it here first on the Indie Film Review. Get ghosted. Fucking ghost them. Hey, man, we've all been ghosted. I've been ghosted, and it's for for the best. Have you ever tried to... uh, I've done it where I've actually been like, hey, we should break up, and it was fucking terrible. (laughs) No. It was bad. I've never been the one that that, that, that does it. Mutual understanding breakups are... uh, Ooh, boy. I mean, I'm sure it works. Whatever. You know, teach us. I'm just saying, if the person ghosts you, then obviously they don't want to be with you anymore. So you should move on. And, like, that's the breakup. Like, figure it out, guys. But people get so hung up on stuff. Anywho, uh, soapbox put away. That is gone now. (laughs) Uh, Dan, one other scene I want... Well, like, sequence of scenes is the ending. So the ending is shot out of order. Mm -hmm. They have that scene in in the hotel room where they're both kind of confronting each other about how much... Each other, like, like uh, uh, Alex has been lying about things, and Lily looked at his notebook, and, and she's trying to, like, convince him, hey, you shouldn't go see this woman um, because she barely knows you. You guys haven't seen each other for almost a decade, and they had just kissed, and they're like, there's kind of, like, feelings there. But before we even see that, it cuts right to Alex meeting the girl and i thought is this in his head is this a dream i don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. and how that whole scene plays out with like the static uh like medium close-up shots this is where in the center of frame this is where the cinematography picks back up for me this is where the cinematography picks back up for me that like you said the static shots like the pov of the characters just looking at the camera and it, it's 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 otherworldly almost like you mm-hmm. you wouldn't um there's this scene in um rear window have you seen rear window mm-hmm. um with jimmy stewart it's been the a old long one? time but yes. so there's this amazing scene where uh the female lead the 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 object of our affection is kind of showing off her stuff and there's this amazing scene where she gets into the camera like it's a pov kiss from a woman and that's what it reminded me of like these really cool close-ups that are very static yeah but um very very deliberate Mm. it gives you like the anxiety that he would be feeling exactly sitting there trying to think of all the words he wants to say exactly because he's written them all down but it's like in the moment it doesn't fucking matter um, and then he realizes that she doesn't even know his name and like barely recognizes him. So he's, but it's so ambiguous. So how did you, how did you feel about that ending? I guess, could you talk about it a little bit? I liked the fact that 
nothing gets resolved and the friendship mm. that started to kindle it, like you, you know it's like getting a fire started and it failed like it started raining on what mm. you just did and it was depressing and that's what i liked about the ending because it didn't go to where you wanted it to go it just kind of petered off yeah. and it made you upset but it made you upset in a stoic way because it ends on that that meditative shot of him looking at the river like it's it and that was a bookend mm-hmm. because that's how it started so it, yeah. like you said it's very cyclical so you're thinking that because there's a moment where he's like oh this girl doesn't even remember my name and then the door to the diner opens and closes and then he looks back and no one's there and i came to assume that lily was there and she had opened it saw that they were together and then she left mm. that's the last like we don't ever see her after that yeah um so you're thinking they don't even try to reconnect no alex and lily mm. no because lily has that big blow up on him and he refuses yeah, yeah. like she she is a voice of reason and what she's saying mm-hmm. is absolutely true and he just refuses so he had to choose, basically, and he yeah, and he chose, chose wrong. Poorly. Yes, yeah, damn, dude. Oof, oof. I, I like, I, I love yeah. endings like that. I love it. Um. Also, this movie is under eighty minutes. Yes, it did hour and fourteen. It's welcome. Yeah. Um. Really, every scene felt important and. Uh, was giving me new information about the characters. It it really just started. It was it was going along at a great pace. Um, I yeah, I will say to bring up the stuff in the beginning that like yeah th- those really crazy shots at the beginning. I was like man, is this whole movie going to be this wild? I mean, it doesn't have to be that wild. Doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to. I just I would have liked to see more than what I got, and that's that's what it is. Well, we did get. It, it's not the same, but similar. We got some interesting, uh, like a that montage scene where it was... The, um, oh, I forgot about the montage scene. Thank you like for bringing that up. It's like a film box. Yes. And it was like still images. That scene was awesome. That was kind of fun. That was awesome. And then how it, how it ends, it just like... A, it's like whenever they get to the happy zone place, it always abruptly ends. And they're like, okay, we got to leave. Like right back to reality. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that a lot too. Uh, Dan, was there any closing stuff you wanted to talk about? final thoughts don't let my poo-poo of cinematography in this (laughs) get in your way because the cinematography was great i'm very spoiled when it comes to cinematography i like to see things that are new and innovative and you gave that to me adrian you did i just like as soon as it give it you give it to me i'm like oh more and it's like a fucking drug to me and like like jared said we went to that cool montage and then we went to that cool diner scene where like you brought them back but it just I, I don't know. The, the the narrative didn't call for it. I will say that. So mm. I'm very interested to see where Adrian goes forward in the future and what he's going to make and what oh, he can do. I am so excited for his next film. I think more people should see this film. I think it's really freaking good. It, it It's like a spicy take on a traditional road trip yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like an emo's road trip comedy <laughs> drama type of thing uh yeah i liked it a lot uh okay that's it dan you can find us tell on us, twitter us at any film pod you can find us on instagram at any film review pod you can email us at the indie film review at gmail.com if you are a filmmaker or if you are just a general supporter of our show 
Um, you can find us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash indie film review. Um, there is three different tiers. You can support us with $1, $3, or if you are a filmmaker, there's a special filmmaker one that is $5. And that's simply because our list of films is about a six month turnaround. So if you want your film reviewed faster than six months, then you donate $5. We put you on a priority list and you get out much quicker than we would normally put it out. Hell yeah. Um, thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. And I appreciate everyone listening. Your continued support makes my heart keep beating. If you stop listening, I will die. This has been a PSA. Hey, uh, go to the necropoticon.com. And if you go there, you can click on the link to the discord. It's right there. It's real easy. You'll see it. And, uh, you can also check out all the other cool podcasts that we are affiliated with on the network. That is necropodicon.com, like Necronomicon, but podcast. Thank you. And, uh, hey, we appreciate you again. Uh, Dan, you get the final word. You know, you say emo road trip, and that makes me want to <clears throat> kind of experiment with other, like, tried and true genre pictures, like Buddy Cop, mm-hmm. like an emo body, Buddy Cop movie, or like yes. an emo zombie movie. Well, I guess that's Night of the Living Dead. Not Night of the Living uh, Return of the Living Dead. Or wh- whatever one you like. Uh, no, that's punk rock, dude. That's punk rock zombies. It, that's pr- a predecessor to emo. Whatever. Uh, this, is, this is me being emo. Um, good night. <laughs> You're a predecessor to emo. Empires, demons, apples, mice, gnomes, barbarians, saxophones, dice. Fate of Ison is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast from New Zealand. The players are comedians, and the dungeon master is very, very patient. Check out fateofison.com to discover fan art, cast profiles, and a whole new world of adventure. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.